I could like wear a boa. You could call me Dick Eisen or something like that. I could come up with a persona. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And Dangerous Dick Eisen. What do you, you know? What do you think? I'm shooting my shot. I'm going YOLO right here with Stephanie McMahon. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles, the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Ben Lyons. Today's guests: Golf Digest host and producer Hallie Ledbetter. Plus, your phone calls and more. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Ben Lyons. Welcome back to the show, Hour 2. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons in for Rich. About 20 minutes or so away from Hallie Ledbetter from Golf Digest. Going to call in and talk a little Colin Morikawa and his Open Championship win, his second major. (laughs) TJ's favorite golfer. I do. (laughs) (laughs) What up, Big C? <laughs> you remember him as a young kid well, playing you know, out here at Chevy Chase, the pride of Kenyatta Footwear, well, the remember, shot maker. I, I used to have to go to Glendale a lot because my mechanic was in Glendale. So while he'd be working on my car, I'd go up to this little Chevy Chase uh, golf course up there. It was only nine holes. It was really small. But I'd see this kid up there, man, just working on his game. And I said, one day... <laughs> One day, and now look at him. And that's how he got the nickname, the mechanic. The mechanic, because the mechanic. I went to my boy Rafi's, yeah, in Glendale to get my car worked on. And I was like, he's very mechanical with his procedure. So Colin. Can we get that to stick for man. Colin? The mechanic. Where Let's, did it come from? Oh, well, me. Up. Yeah. I love that. By, by the way, no joke. I'm about a year away from finding Colin Morikawa's coach and hiring him for my son. <laughs> You want to see his kid, bro. But he—that's he, what I said at the top I'm of the show. Kidding. It's because he didn't go to the driving range and pound six hundred six irons. Right. The kid went out there on a nine-hole course Figured that's it really out. funky. It's not just a regular nine holes. Yeah. These are holes carved in the mountain around the corner. Weird layouts, layup shots. It tests the whole bag, and you saw the shot making on full display yesterday. So, shouts out to Colin. Talk a little golf in 20 minutes with Hallie Ledbetter. Plus, we'll have Ryan Hollins on a little bit later on today. Uh, talk about which ex-Nick has a better chance of winning an NBA title, Langston Galloway or Bobby Portis. Uh, but I want to share with you guys uh, 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 my thoughts on what happened in the Bronx this weekend. Uh, my father grew up in New York City, but is the biggest Boston Red Sox fan on planet Earth. Quotes oh. a French philosopher who says, the heart has reason that reason itself knows nothing about. How am I, a kid from New York City, living in L.A., had to meet my wife from Utah in France? The heart has reason itself <laughs> wow. knows nothing about. I get a text message, an email, sometimes a phone call. But without question, one of the three, every time Alex Verdugo does anything... <laughs> Because Alex Verdugo is part of the trade for Mookie Betts. Uh, I'm a big Dodger fan living out here in Los Angeles. Mookie Betts came to the Dodgers, won a World Series. I obviously had to let my father know about this many times throughout the summer. I mean, he won an Asterix World Series. Come on. The ring is is very big. He has a World Series. His real World Series is with the 2018 Dodgers. Sure, but but he won a World Series here with the Dodgers. He no longer (laughs) plays for the old town team. Hater. And... You know, my dad, who, who grew up, like I said, in New York City as a Boston Red Sox fan, I remember going to the Bronx and entire subway cars chanting, Lion sucks. Lion sucks. Like the whole subway car chanting. You know, my father <laughs> would aggressive. go. Wait, right. And he, he left my high school graduation early because Pedro was pitching. He's like, I'll see you at dinner. I'm going to the Bronx. You know, this, is a, this is a big thing for is that the 17 strikeout game. Uh, you no, know, just a regular game in June in 2000 that no one remembers. Amazing. Uh, on, Ju- 
on June 14th, 2000, the same day that R.J. Barrett was born. It's in the stars. Um, so, so Verdugo is part of this Mookie Betts trade, and he's having a great year. He is. I love that kid. Verdugo is raking for them, and the Red Sox are overachieving. It's keeping my mother happy this summer because my dad's in a good mood. And, and Verdugo was part of this incident in left field on Saturday night where a fan, I even hate to, to give that person the credit, or a person... Through through a baseball at Verdugo baseball. and hit him in the back. Yeah. Now I don't know if you you've had experiences in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium over the years. I grew up going to Yankee games, sitting in the bleachers. I'm not not just with my dad and sitting in the press booth for Red Sox games. When I was in high school and college, going to the bleachers and it's like a rite of passage. It's something you do as a as a young ble- fan. The same thing. Like I grew up in New England. Bleachers at, at Fenway are the it's, right. It's where it goes down. Man. Right, right, right. Not the not the bleachers above the Green Monster. No, no, no. no. The ones out the, the by ones Ted right seats. Yeah. Yes, by the pesky pole. It like, goes again, down out there. My father, the biggest Boston Red Sox fan in the world, and let alone New York City. It, it comes a little edge. You got to have a little bite if you're going to be part of this Red Sox Yankee thing. We can all agree they crossed the line by throwing a baseball oh at this gosh, dude. I mean, come on. And it's just a, it's really sad that we've seen this happen a lot in live sporting events across football, across the NBA. Um, you saw it in the cycling in France where a fan hit the bikes and everybody crashed. We've been cooped up in the house for a year and a half. We finally get this privilege to go and see games. And it's such a privilege to go to a game. I do not take it uh, lightly. It's expensive. Uh, it, it takes um, having access. You see more people outside of the, the NBA finals in Milwaukee than inside. You know, shows you if, if you went to any of those people in the Deer District who love it, who are having a blast, they're pouring beer on that. You said, hey, I got a ticket for you in the upper deck of the game. Would you want to go inside? They all say yes. So just to be in the building is a privilege. And it's such a simple rule to follow. If it's in your hand or in your body, it can't leave. <laughs> if you're holding it, yeah. you gotta you gotta keep holding keep it. Holding it. Yeah. Just stay holding. Don't it. let Once it go. Let it go. Yeah, you're wrong. And that also goes for fluid. If it's in the body and it's yours, it's part of what's happening in your system. It's gotta stay in the body. Because once it goes to Trey Young, once it goes out on the, come on, like I don't know if it's a harsher penalty. I don't know if I'm sitting up here sounding like a moralist when I'm the guy who yells at Christian Yelich that he looks like he went to Hogwarts and Expelliarmus. (laughs) What's your favorite Harry Potter? You look like you went to Hogwarts. What's your sorting house? (laughs) See, and it gets some chuckles from, that's the best part about going to sporting events. You go with your buddies, but you make friends with the people around around you. you. You know, my dad and I were so lucky. We got to go to the Red Sox Yankee games in London. Two years ago. Oh, wow. Two summers ago now. Yeah. I think I came in and saw you guys with Swisher yeah. right before. And then we got on the plane. Went over. And to sit there and to talk to a, a Yankee fan from Italy. And he's telling us how he gets the games at two in the morning. And you're, and you're meeting fans from all over the world, sharing a love of baseball and talking. And something happens. You high five that stranger. Even you yell at somebody, you know, who's got a different jersey on but what are we doing here when we're seeing Sons and Four Guy get a bobblehead for punching people? Like we're seeing uh, Verdugo having words like with fans in the Bronx. And when you go to a Yankee game, you feel like you're police getting off the four, five, or six. So I used to take the D. And you feel like there's cops on horseback. You're on camera. 
I mean, I don't know how you can feel more policed than you already do. And yet somebody had the audacity to throw a ball and it just stinks. I just don't like it. Yeah, it, it's it stinks. You know, the guy in Boston who did uh, threw the water bottle at Kyrie, suddenly that gets part of the of the Boston narrative of, you know, the terrible fans, this, that, or the other. And it seems like this guy in New York isn't even a blip on the on the sports radar. I know he got they, they figured out who it was. He's banned now for life from all 30 bar- parks. How does that work? Do they hit you with the Tom Cruise, like, tech minority report, eyeball technology? How do you ban that guy from bowling out the corner? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, they don't check IDs at games, so how can that ever be enforced? I guess maybe they have his name and information if he tries to buy a ticket. But, like, but, by the way, that list is getting so long now. So if you're the security guard <laughs> right, at right. Coors Field, you're, you're like, like, oh, uh, man. Hold on a second. Here's we, another, like, stupid the, white guy. You notice it's all white dudes, too. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. And it sucks. And it, it's like you said, like, what are, what are we doing? Have we just been not around other people? We forgot what social mores are. Like, That's when, it, bro. When right we there. go to ballparks, we just forgot how to behave. I even see it just driving. Like, People are driving like a-holes even more than normal. Is out, it a collective stress and that the, the world shifted and people are, are going through some tough times and they let it out in a way they're not acting as themselves? Because I don't understand why you can't just go to a, a basketball game and scream at Ricky Rubio that you look like a DJ on spring break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like heckling is fine, is but don't don't curse. Like don't be don't, don't be curse. Mean. Like be funny don't if you're gonna, violence. If, yeah. yeah, like come on. Man. For the love of all, it's holy. Don't throw and anything don't or put throw your hands on somebody. the players. You know, Ben, you said, like, what's the end result of this? Like, what should happen? Well, back in the days of pro wrestling, when they used to have, uh, you know, a regional wrestling system, for instance, Cowboy Bill Watts would have his organization. And if a fan were to ever jump the railing and attack a wrestler, what would happen is the wrestler would beat the crap out of the fan, <laughs> right, right? right? But then security would take them down to a room. And within that room, they would get stomped even more. So maybe that's it. Maybe you have a designated tough guy on your team and somebody who does something st- stupid like that, unless their name is John Jones or Francis Ngannou or someone like that, they're going to have a rough night because they're going to get taken to a room where they get touched up a little bit. And I bet you they'd never do it again. It was romanticized that the old vet used to have a jail in the basement yeah. and yeah. a whole court and everything like that. Yep. I remember I went to the last game at the vet, sat in the 700 section. Remember booing Ja Rule and Ashanti at halftime? Ja, Another Murder Inc. reference on the show Smart today. Enough. I'm excited about that. <laughs> Joe Jaravicious, two touchdowns when I was an Eagles fan. But, you know, and State guy. I, I made the switch from being a lifelong Eagles fan, Philadelphia Eagles fan in New York City, admired my dad, the out-of-town fan thing, took it on myself, fell in love with Randall Cunningham, was an Eagles yeah. fan for so long, went to the the link now, the new stadium, and went to a Monday night game a couple years ago and was so horrified by the fan experience that I went and had a whole seance and a whole, and a whole ceremony and I spoke to a higher power and I'm a Rams fan now. Like I went to the hey. beach and had a whole <laughs> thing and I was so horrified being at the Eagles game. It felt like being on the set of Mad Max. It felt like I was just walking and there's people with chains and garbage cans on fire. And 
that, that, that should not be part of the fan going experience. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it because I'm a normal, like a normal fan. I get irrationally <laughs> angry when, you know, a, a strike call goes against my team. But that's it. That's the end. It, it's ending there. I don't take that to the next day who, or anything. Who do you live and die with? Like, who, what team, what player uh, is just well, your thing? Red Sox. The Red Sox, yeah, okay? Yeah, so, Sox. again, having lived with my father in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, it wasn't always the four World Series. It wasn't always the, no. we should have swept no. the Dodgers when you call your father to congratulate him. You right. don't, that wasn't no. always the, the thing. the 19 inning game. Right. right. So if you had seen Aaron Boone in, say, April of 2004, before Dave Roberts steals second base and, and history is forever changed, if you saw Aaron Boone. Oh, I'll never forget where I was that day. I mean, I was at my friend's house. We were watching the game. We were so excited, ready to go to the World Series. You know, Wakefield comes in in the 10th and Boone hits the walk-off. He left the room immediately. TV off. He left the room. I sat in the dark for five minutes thinking about everything that went happened and how that just happened. Then I drove home in silence and immediately went to bed. Flash forward four months. You're at Fenway. The Yankees are back in town. Aaron Boone comes up. Are you throwing the quesadilla or are you eating it? <laughs> I'm eating Do they it. have quesadillas at Fenway now? No, there's a famous clip of the pizza. The, the foul ball hit the guy with the pizza. Yeah, no, I'm eating it. I, I wouldn't think twice. I would boo him, obviously, because I hate that guy. Okay, but I do, not for once would a thought cross my mind to buy a souvenir baseball from the shop on, on Lansdowne Street and chuck it at him. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen show. And then, I, I, you know, you got to understand where the line is drawn as well because let's say you're a Knicks fan and you just moved to Los Angeles and you're walking down the beach in Malibu and you see Reggie Miller, right? Let's just say that's totally a Totally hypothetical. Hypothetical <laughs> situation. Totally out of the blue, I just picked all yeah, of these random Yeah, just like a random, random situation. Like, I think you should be allowed to say something in that situation. <laughs> Please tell me you said something to him. Like... Again, you shouldn't throw the, the, the football on the beach or you shouldn't throw the hot dog. Just say something. Right. Right? You know, I think that's oh, a Oh, Reggie, I hate you. Yeah, right? Or you right. ruined my childhood or yeah. you never won either or whatever it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uncle Drew wasn't that good. I don't know. Whatever it is. You have big ears. But at the game itself, when you know, you watch the Malice in the Palace, you know they have cameras everywhere. They will find you. Like Everywhere. The, the guy in the casino who decides to start a fight. Really? You're in the casino. You're <laughs> right. on camera. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. People at the casino who think they can just steal chips and get out alive. I, I, I just, I don't know when it ends. I thought we were going to see it stop around the NBA playoffs when Melo got a towel thrown on him or something. And Kyrie with the water bottle. Trey Young with the spit. Yeah, yeah. There was another one I forgot about. So I just I hope fans for the rest of the summer out of baseball games or if we get fans for these NFL games. Enjoy the games. Like you said, it's a it's a privilege and an honor to go to these events. You are a fan. Enjoy it. Cheer. Boom. Let's just say you're a Knicks fan. You're at a Knicks game. They're 20 games under 500 in March. And you want to heckle Evan Turner every time he touches the ball. <laughs> fine. It's totally allowed. It's totally fine. No one knows what you do well on the basketball court. What skill do you have, Evan Turner? Are you right-handed or left-handed? We don't know. Like, it's okay. But just don't throw a hot dog. All right. Don't throw stuff at the players. It's really simple. Very if it's simple. on your, if it's in your it's possession really or really inside of you, 
It's either on you or in you. It just can't leave you. Keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Can't leave you. You can put it on the ground. Wow, you put it on the ground, pick it back up. Little cup holder, you can yeah, do that's that. That's totally fine. Hey, if, by the way, cup holder snakes love it. Everybody's having a great time together, taking all the beer off the ground, making the big snakes. So the yeah, beer. that's hilarious. All good. All good. Let's not throw that at Mookie Betts. <laughs> Please don't. Ridiculous. <laughs> I wish Verdugo had a chance. By the way, that was the one email I got my dad from the summer about Verdugo that I actually enjoyed opening. All He's right. awesome. Imagine uh, what would happen if you did that to Vernon Maxwell back in. Vernon Maxwell. Yeah. I mean, Maxwell went up into the stands and you didn't have to throw something at him. man so. threw a dumbbell at a teammate. <laughs> I mean, you didn't want that smoke. That was Mad Max. Vernon Maxwell reference on the show. Um, <laughs> coming up next, we've got Hallie Ledbetter from Golf Digest going to put this Colin Morikawa win in its proper historical context. That's TJ's favorite golfer. So I know he'll be excited to chat a little bit more about that next. Ben Lyons in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich, the Rich Eisen Show. As always, you can hit us up 844-204-RICH at Rich Eisen Show across your social media at I am Ben Lyons. We're going to have Ryan Hollins on a little bit later to talk about the upcoming Game 6 of the NBA Finals. But what a great time for emerging stars. What a great two weeks to see these stars arrive on the sports scene. Whether you're talking in baseball, you got Otani, Vlad Guerrero Jr. He was awesome. Hit a home run in the All-Star game, and I think two more this weekend. We're about a month away, guys, from Trevor Lawrence. 
Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this crew is fired up for that. Yeah, huh? yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We're big Jags fans here. Big big uh, big Trevor Lawrence fans here. I mean, I am. You guys get paid in crypto too, right? Or you all your deals in Bitcoin? One thousand percent. I will post my ETH address. So incredibly inspiring speech from Paige Beckers at the ESPYS this year, yeah. National Collegiate Player of the Year. That was, was impressive. She was the Player of the Year in high school in Minnesota as a senior, a junior, and a sophomore, which wow. is really amazing. So Paige is a superstar. It's about to about to you know be a huge deal, and then you see Colin yesterday, TJ's favorite golfer, Colin Morikawa. It's amazing to watch his ascent. Wins the Open Championship. (laughs) Kid from Kenyatta Flint Ridge, the mechanic called in in some circles. Shout out to Colin, man. But he goes out there and he wins. uh, He wins his second major at 24 years old. I think only one other guy has done that. His name's Eldridge. So he's in some some good company um, in terms of the British Open or the Open Championship and the PGA. Uh, and I believe we we have her checking in right now on the phone from across the pond at the Evian Championship over in France. It's Golf Digest's own Hallie Ledbetter. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, we Thanks were for su- having Ben. Well, first of all, we were supposed to play golf ourselves this weekend. We had a tee time set up on Saturday, and then I got the text message Oh, I got to go to France. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out it takes a lot longer to get here than I thought. So <laughs> I thought, you know, it's like a day trip. Uh, you know, no, it's about a it's about a 20-hour journey. So, so you, <laughs> so you sorry, were watching Col- you were watching Colin do his thing yesterday uh, in sort of a more normal hours than the rest of us here stateside. What were your thoughts about seeing this young star uh, take his second major championship? It was absolutely incredible, Ben. First of all, I will say I've never watched a golf broadcast in French. Highly recommend if you get the chance. Very fun. I really love when they say Robert McIntyre. It's really fun to hear the, the accent. Um, but it was, it, was, it was incredible. I mean, I think I tweeted yesterday about how nice of nice of a person Colin is. I've had the opportunity to work with him a few times. And, you know, most of the guys on tour are nice guys. They're solid dudes. But Colin is just on another level when it comes to his humility and his respect and how um, how just great he makes you feel. He's such a wonderful person to be around, and it's so um, you know heartwarming, to say the least, to see somebody who's such a nice person have so much success. I mean, for him to win two majors in his first two appearances, like the PGA, first time there. Open Championship, first time there. He didn't play too great at the Scottish Open last week. He said it was, you know, a really good thing that he played, though, because he was able to figure out the grass and sort of how links golf works. So uh, that was a good decision. I'm sure a lot of guys, you know, will look at that going forward if they were ever hesitant on playing in the Scottish Open and sort of uh, take that advice. But it was really great. I'm so, so happy for Colin and his entire team. Hallie Ledbetter joins the show. You know her from Golf Digest and Golf TV as a host and producer. And Hallie, you're an accomplished collegiate player yourself. I know you played college golf. Colin played college golf, four years at Cal, an All-American all four years. And not a lot of players on the PGA or LPGA always go and play collegiate golf. So how do you think Colin's time playing at Cal prepared him for this moment? Yeah, you know, college golf, I will say – you know, golf is one of those sports where it's like a gymnastics or a swimming. If you go to college as a gymnast or a swimmer, you generally you don't have any aspirations of turning professional. Where golf, golf is just such is one of those games where I mean, you saw uh, Phil Mickelson; he won 50 years old. So you can play really at any age. In college, if you are not winning consistently, winning 
every junior golf tournament that you play in, you are silly not to go to college because the competition is so incredible in college. A lot of collegiate players even get invites into professional events. So there's no sort of, you know, oh, if I, if I go to college, am I losing time? It's one of those things that, hey, let me go give it a go. If you happen to absolutely be crushing college golf, you can leave. I mean, look at Tiger. He went for a year to Stanford, and he actually said it was his biggest regret not finishing at Stanford. So I think golf is one of those really unique sports where going to college can actually work in your favor like it did here for Colin. Now, Hallie, TJ Jefferson here grew up loving Colin Morikawa. <laughs> he affectionately refers to him as the mechanic because of his crafty skills around uh, the Chevy Chase Country Club where he learned how to play. So I know he's he's all in. Mm-hmm. But for the casual golf fan, yeah, for, the, people ca- don't for the golf fan who maybe isn't so familiar with what Colin's doing or what's going on in the scene right now, how does his emergence help you think bring in some of the casual fans not like TJ? Oh, yeah. Well, Colin, first of all, I mentioned earlier, just the nicest guy. And also, listen, I've been in golf um, for my entire life, really. And it's it's very rare to see somebody who's so personable and has so much personality. Like, I mean, you got a Phil Mickelson, for example, but I don't know if you guys caught, I'm sure you did, his acceptance speech yesterday. For him to go to the crowd, like, how's everybody doing? And then immediately... Thank the you know congratulate the low amateur. He's just he's just such a star. He's got that star power, and he's so young, which is incredible. You know, a lot of times those people or you know sports stars kind of grow into that, and then they get comfortable in the spotlight, and then they come out of his shell, come out of their shell. But Colin, he's out there. He's ready to go, and he's just he's just such a wonderful guy. I also I saw on Twitter was kind of. Um, you know, floating around a picture of Colin uh, a few weeks ago in the memorial playing with a yardage book that had the pride flag on it. So he's very progressive. He's very open. He wants to grow the game to different uh, different demographics. He's just he's just a really great guy, and I'm so, so excited to see um, what he's going to continue to accomplish. Hallie Ledbetter joins the show. She's gone from the Evian Championship over in France. You know, of course, from Golf Digest. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Hallie, you had a great video that really broke down the DeChambeau and Kepka rivalry. This Bryson Brooks <laughs> thing that's taken the golf world by storm. Uh, for, the, for the passive golf fan, not TJ, but for the passive golf fan, break down this sort of this whole Brooks Bryson thing, and is it good for golf as they head into the Ryder Cup? You know, the Brooks-Bryson thing, I do believe is good for golf. I do think it's a little overplayed, so it kind of started out, I'll sort of just, you know, touch on a few points in that video that you just mentioned, Ben. So, apparently, Brooks said that they had an agreement, and Bryson broke it. For what that agreement is, we aren't quite sure. So, that's what sort of started the you know, animosity, if you will, between them. And then things just got, you know, progressively worse. You know, there are little quips here and there, whether it was Brooks not seeing a single shot of Bryson's U.S. Open victory. And then there was the Twitch stream thing that Bryson said about, his, about you know, how many majors that, that, that Brooks had won. And then it escalated to where um, Brooks was giving an interview a few weeks back and Bryson walked by and muttered something there it's sort of um unclear exactly what it was but something i i believe brooks said something along the line about something about putting and bryson said you just got to put a good roll on it or something like that but brooks rolled his eyes as bryson walked 
why um, that footage was not supposed to air, but someone leaked it on social, and it sort of blew up. So I think initially we all kind of suspected that there were um, maybe not the best relationship between the two, but that really confirmed everyone's suspicions. Um, but I think it's good. I think it's good to have a little rivalry. I do think that that it is, um, you know, it, it is real. A lot of people also sort of think that maybe they're sort of, you know, making this up for the Player Impact Program, which is that program that PGA Tour put in place to really encourage players to, you know, be a little bit more active on social media and get their name out there. I think that they might be playing it up for that purpose. You know, there's $40 million up for grabs, so they might be playing it up for that purpose. But I do think that, you know, that, that they really don't like each other. And I think it's fine for golf. I mean, it can be a little overplayed, and I think... You know, there are certain times when it's like, oh, my goodness, guys, let's just give it a rest. But overall, I think it's good. I think it's good for our sport to have a little bit of drama. Getting back to Colin and what he was able to accomplish this weekend, you know, we often, Hallie, are introduced to young stars in golf and being told, oh, this is the next guy. This is the next Tiger. This is what the sport needs. And what's sort of the next challenge for him as you look forward uh, to, to what he does now that he's a two-time champion? You know, I think he's just going to have to, you know, just continue to to stick to his stick to his game. You know, he's an incredible, incredible iron player. He's come close over the the last few weeks. I think the Scottish Open didn't go that great for him, but he just needs to stick to his game. I mean, he he's got a great coach in Rick Sessinghouse. Rick, um, I spent a lot of time, well, I spent a lot of time on social media the last few days, but Rick Sessinghouse tweeted yesterday that Colin is just just sort of like the perfect player in terms of he looks at everything as a challenge and he treats the game with with honor and I think you know a lot of these young players like I mentioned before have a problem once they get in the spotlight because they don't know how to handle it but Colin clearly knows how to handle it he was kind of born for this so I think he just has to you know stick to the process and I think this guy has a lot a lot of major wins in the future for him. Holly Ledbetter joins the show from Golf Digest, of course. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And, you know, TJ and I were talking about this uh, before the show started, about how golf is having this new moment, Howie, this new energy around the game from new brands. You see it on people's shoe choices from Air Jordans and, you know, exclusive Nikes. You're seeing off-whites on the tour. How do you describe sort of the new golf energy that's taken, taken place within the game? And is it seeping into the LPGA and PGA Tours? Yeah, I think it's awesome. It, I mean, it really is what golf needs. I think it's it's kind of funny when, you know, I, I've been in golf for a really long time, and when people kind of, you know, get get upset about the fact that, we're, that people are wearing hoodies on the course or joggers on the course, and I'm like, how do you guys expect to grow the game? Like, we have to evolve. We have to, you know, push forward, and that includes our fashion choices. It's not just going to be chinos and and polo shirts all the time and that is a turnoff for some people to play golf and if we want to stay relevant and continue to grow the game we need to do that to attract this younger generation so and it's definitely definitely showing up um on the tours you you'll look i mean i'm sure out here this week there'll be some some really cool fashion choices like you mentioned the nikes the people wearing air maxes and jordans and then you look on the tour and a lot of joggers a lot of hoodies um, yeah, I think it's great for golf, and it's, it's honestly what we need to do to continue to grow. We really do need to change the perception of the sport, and fashion is a way to do that, whether people like it or not. The, the energy around the sport is palpable right now, but it's such an interesting time historically uh, in the sport because of this unprecedented run we've had of this condensed major schedule. 
You had the tour mm-hmm. changing some stuff around. And then, of course, the global pandemic. Now we've had, what, six majors in a very short yeah. amount of time. Collins won two of them. How do you think mm-hmm. history will look at this run of majors in the world of basketball? Some people say the bubble is an asterisk. Some people say the Dodgers didn't really win the World Series, whatever it is in other sports. How does, how does golf kind of participate in the world-changing conversation? I mean, I definitely think that it, it needs to be noted that the, these these championships were held in an unprecedented time. It's different playing and not in front of fans. Like it, it just is. That that being said, the other players are doing that as well. So it's not like a certain player has an advantage or a disadvantage over the other. It's still a major championship on a major championship course. There are just no fans, and some players are better at handling that than others. Some players. You know, there's maybe a, a lack of pressure if you're a young gun out there and you've never played in front of huge major championship crowds. That probably works in your advantage. If you are, are if you've been out there for a while and you get a lot of energy, I know Ricky Fowler talked about getting energy from the fans. Then that works at a disadvantage. So I mean, it, factors are are different for everybody. I don't think that it is an asterisk in the sense that it doesn't count or it's not as impressive because it is. Um, I, w- I went to the to Masters in November during um, during the pandemic, and it was just a, a wild experience to have no fans out there. I am grateful that I got to experience Augusta that way. Would I want that to happen again? Absolutely not, because there's just something incredible about having fans at the Masters or really any tournament. So, yeah, I think that there's an asterisk, but it doesn't necessarily take away from the wins at all. My favorite, Tony Finau, is knocking on the door. I finished a top 15 uh, showing across the pond. What's going on with Tony? And talk to me a little bit about his star power. Oh, Tony is so close. You know, he's he's won, won that one event. Tony is just is another, you know, kind of similar to Colin Murray College. Just very humble, very down-to-earth, hard worker. Uh, my dad actually used to work with him, so um, I kind of grew up around Tony. And he, you know, it's, he's going to break through eventually. He's, he's going to, I mean, I was about to say, I said break, and it reminded me of his, of his uh, accident that he had in that par three contest at the Masters. But that's an example of Tony. I mean, they turned that into a Nike commercial, and it was hilarious. So, you know, Tony, he's going to get there. I have faith in Tony. I think, you know, it's only a matter of time. He's putting himself in the position. And, and it, Tony, Tony Finau will win a big golf tournament one of these days. Hallie Ledbetter joins the show, Golf Digest, Golf TV. Ben Lyons in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. And I would imagine Hallie being a Ledbetter, working in golf, it's kind of like uh, being a doctor if you're at a dinner party where someone says, hey, I know you're a doctor, but uh, can you check? Can, can you tell me about what's going on with my shoulder? Or, hey, what's going on if, uh, if I can't sleep at night? You know, people try to get that free medical advice. So being that you're a Ledbetter in the golf world, are people coming up to you constantly and saying, hey, what can I do with my swing? Or what's one golf tip I need to work on my game? You know what's funny? They are, Ben, and I don't know if they think that, like, the golf golf instruction is genetic or what, but I am not the person to ask. If you were, like, a semi-good player or you need me to, like, look at something, if you're like, hey, my swing gets a little close at the top, can you check it out? Like, absolutely. But if you just want me to come out and, like, give you some advice, I am not the person. But I, I if, if golf instruction is a gene, my two brothers have gotten it, so it must be a male gene because they are fantastic golf instructors. But me, it just, it just did not, it just did not pass through the family to me. <laughs> last, last thing here on Colin. Um, do you think that his hardcore fans 
like like TJ and and all the people who grew up watching him play uh, all those years in Glendale. Like, do you think they're satisfied or do they want more? Is he chasing something? Oh, I think they want more. I think this is riling people up. All the Colin fans, you know that. Not to say that his first, you know, first major. A lot of people win one major, and then it's like, oh, okay, cool. They won a major, but this guy is going to be around for a while. So I think this is firing up Morikawa fans, and they're just they're going to expect Colin to contend like from here on out. But that's what we thought about Rory, and it's been seven years now since Rory's won a major, and I feel like we often get introduced to these young stars in golf, and they say, this is the guy, this is the next one and they kind of flame out. So any compare? Yeah. what are your thoughts on where Rory's at with his game right now? You know, <laughs> he said to me the other day, like, oh, if you, wanna, if you want a guy to shoot even for a major, I'm your man. I mean, he just, he has the talent. It's there, but he just can't seem to, like, put, you know, put those rounds together consistently. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on with him. I'm a big Rory fan. I think he's great and obviously incredibly talented. I mean, what a golf swing. I could sit there and watch it for hours. But, yeah, I'm not I, – I, right now I put my money on Colin over, over Rory to win a major for sure. Well, Hallie, we appreciate you checking in from, from over at the Avion Championship. Enjoy France is the best excuse for missing a tea time I've ever gotten from anybody. <laughs> This past we'll weekend. Reschedule. We will reschedule. Ben, yeah, I look forward to playing sure. with you when you get back. Safe travels. Thanks for checking in. Awesome. Thanks, guys, so much. Talk to Allie you. Ledbetter from Golf Digest joins the show. TJ, you're just on cloud nine with this Colin talk, huh? Just Colin Moore Cow. I mean, it's well, amazing. The thing is, a lot of it is stuff I already knew. Sure. But, I mean, it's glad that, you know, you guys and a lot of the casual fans, like you said, are starting to learn about Colin. So I was someone happy was that... on the text chain this week saying, who is that? And it was just like, yeah, I, who, I couldn't I... believe that I was coming on a show like this that didn't know. Well, you know what? What happened was, like, I didn't have my glasses on, so I thought it said someone completely different. And then Brockman was like, he won. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe it was just responding to me on the text chain of, who is this? Yeah, right. Who is this? Because it's like, it's just a number I didn't have, your number. I don't like to, like, you know, just jump in a text chat unless I know who's on it. Totally, totally, totally. Appreciate it. But now I know. I got your number locked in. That was great, huh? Over in France. That was great. She knows a game inside and oh out. Oh, my gosh. Golf royalty. She's a lefty. Lefty, a scratch, and, uh, and really an understanding sort of just the opportunity that Colin has in front of him to take, you know, his diehard yeah, fans man. like TJ and the, and the generation behind him into this new wave of golf. Man, man, we just did a whole segment on golf talk. That's amazing. Future's so great, man. Let's get a little golf clap golf, for that. Golf clap, golf everybody. Clap golf that. clap. Uh, we got Ryan Hollins checking in in about 20 minutes. We'll talk um, a little NBA Finals coming up next. It's Ben in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back to the show. Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. We're about 15 minutes or so away from Ryan Hollins, who once posted me up in a charity basketball game because I said, you know, I've never had a seven-foot center just hit me with like a three-point V-cut turn and just post me up. Let me see what that's like. (laughs) How'd that go for you? See what that's like. And when Ryan Hollins just dominates you in the post... Let's you know how good those guys are in the NBA. Because you're tall. You're like 6'2", six, 6'3", two, six, right? 6'2 uh, and change. Okay, so you probably played the four in high school. Absolutely. I played all five positions in high school. That yeah. tells you the, that tells you the storied <laughs> basketball program that I was a part of. <laughs> Collegiate Dutchman, oldest high school in America. Normally, shout out to I Coach mean, Ray Vokel. Shout out to, play. to small high schools, though, but sure. a guy 6'3 is the center. Yes, no, I, I, I definitely you played uh, underside, you know, stretch four, whatever you want to call it, but... When you have like a seven footer like that, just walk down, square you up, post up, you're so wide, yeah. so big. And that's Ryan Hollins, you know, who's, you know, played in the NBA 10 years uh, and, you know, got on the court as much as I've been on the Rich Eisen show, but still <laughs> posted me up. I mean, it's, there's a difference. It's, le- it's like Zelda, there's levels to it. You know, you got to get different triangles to save the princess. Um, wow. What a, what a uh, reference. <laughs> I feel like you've said that a couple times. Well, I just wasn't expecting a Zelda reference today. Yeah, Zelda, Jamal McGlure is an all-star. Absolutely, man. Why not? Yeah, it's funny. They talk about Giannis and now LeBron context because they're the same age when they are about to win the first championship. Right. Who's more accomplished at this stage in their career? I don't, Giannis doesn't get the credit or the vitriol for which LeBron gets for improving his teammates. Like, Mo Williams made an all-star game playing with LeBron James. LeBron James went to the NBA Finals at 22 years old with Booby Gibson, Damon Jones, Danielle Marshall. Yeah. And, and the conversation is always around LeBron. Does he make his teammates better? Is, is he a good teammate? Does he pass? Him? Like, Doesn't take the final shot. Does, right, right. Yeah. We don't have this, any of this stuff with Giannis. We, we criticize his greatness. He's not skilled. It's maybe not a, as flashy or pretty to look at. But if it's, he gets over the hump and wins a title at 26. I mean, if you look at what Giannis, I, I saw some. Let me see if I can find the graphic. But the, the, his level of accomplishments by the age of 25, by the age of 26, if they win the championship, right? And we assume that he'll be finals MVP. So that's champion, finals MVP, two-time regular season MVP, five-time all-star, all-star game MVP, three-time first team two-time All-NBA second-team defensive player of the year, three-time All-Defensive first-team most improved player, and on the All-Rookie team. And can we put homeless 10 years ago? Can we put that in there? I mean, could you think about the life journey. Forget just the basketball journey. Just his his five-year basketball journey. He's one of the most accomplished players at his age of all time. And nobody talks about it. Like, he put up numbers this season just as good as his last two seasons. He easily could have been three-time MVP in a row, first time since Larry Bird. Like, 
He could have had all of that. It's ridiculous. We should be talking about this guy. He should be celebrated across the league. And I feel like part of it probably has to do with the fact that he plays in a small market in Milwaukee. And so he doesn't get some of the press that he, that he maybe should or deserve if he played in L.A. or New York. This guy is amazing, and he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. You, you talk about the season he had being just as good statistically as his MVP seasons were. Nobody mentioned him for MVP this year. No Nobody one, talked no, about it. Nobody. Can you believe that there were people, some of them in this room, who thought that Joel Embiid was the MVP of the NBA season? Can you uh, believe that? Who? Point that person out who said that. Shabam, he's on the Callaway <laughs> corner. First of all, I, I've always said Embiid didn't play enough games to be MVP this year. Ben Lyons. Availability is a skill set right yes. up there with jump shooting and weak side defense, and it should be celebrated as such. To the, to the point where, like, if you played all 72 games and you led all the guys who played all 72 games in minutes and you weren't even 21 years old yet, you should be celebrated. Like, R.J. Barrett, right? more people should talk about that. <laughs> but you're right, Embiid didn't play the games. And that's why Joker, you know, I think – both of us had Joker as MVP yeah, just because MVP. he was there the whole year. He played every game pretty much, you know, and like you said, availability counts. Giannis available for these NBA finals. Just the fact that he's it's out there would have been an incredible thing. If he had given us a Willis Reed performance, we would have said, wow, because his leg almost fell off. Because I think that's all anyone really expected after that, right? He That was terrible. I didn't look at it. Like, oh, I, I closed my eyes. It. And I, I think that's all people were expecting is, like, come out there, touch the court. This guy's been dumb. Maybe he'll be a decoy. And it was like, oh, he might play game one. He might play game one? Yeah, like, no, how? Yeah, and no then way. he comes out, he <laughs> plays 30-plus minutes, like, he's 20 and 17. Like, worst statistical game of the that series. That he's had in the final yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah. And then he throws up back-to-back 40 spots, and he has just been unstoppable. Like you said, he has broken down the wall. He's shooting better from the foul line, which it doesn't take much to do. Shoot 50%, you're shooting better. This guy will throw in a three every now and then. He has the two signature moments of the final so far in the block and the alley-oop dunk. It's unbelievable, and yet you have confidence in them to close out Phoenix? No, I don't. No, I, yeah, they could still don't. lose. Like Phoenix could still come back Absolutely. and win the series. Absolutely, and, and that's the thing about greatness is that you got to do it again. Yep. It's so, and again, and, and, again, again, and, again, and again, and again, and again after and that. Again. And then guess what? Well, he never won back-to-backs. LeBron won back-to-backs. Right. Can Giannis win back-to-back? Or, <laughs> Which is oh, coming. How many did he get before the age of 30? Yeah. And, oh, if he, right. only, if he only wins one title in Milwaukee. He's Aaron Rodgers. Is, is that okay to be Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Yeah. You're engaged to Shailene. It'd be a nice life. You'd be right, fine. Right, sure. But great life. By the way, we're also forgetting about his Giannis's rundown block in game one. To yeah. me, that was a better block than the one on DeAndre Ayton. The oh, one on really? Ayton, oh, two seven-putters. I mean, it was a great block. It was he, vital. His back was to him. He had to spin around. Yeah, but Chris, he's seven eighteen with yeah, his yeah, arms sure. up. Yeah, like, yeah, the right. game one block, he ran a man down from behind and blocked the shot. To me, that block is far greater. I don't even know what you're the, talking about. That's how great this guy is. What <laughs> game one block? I game don't even one, remember it. I remember, remember that. Game four he block. He had, like, a LeBron. He had like a LeBron. He down. did a rundown block. and. Yeah. It, Completely deleted from the hard drive. He shouldn't. There's only so much RAM here. I got you know. I got I got to allocate it towards the dunk and the and the and R.J. Barrett uh, nonsense. And yeah. kind of like what you said, like no matter what happens, we're gonna have questions. We're gonna have there's sure. gonna be critics. 
Like, I was running through some old... I was just trying to see what I've said about Giannis, even just this postseason. And before, when they made the Drew Holiday trade, before the season began, I said, yes, great. Is this still enough to beat the Nets, the Lakers, the Clippers? Let's not forget... He, and all they, of these other teams had... They also it. swept the Eastern Conference Finals champs. They had yeah. injuries. They, they also had the 6-3 matchup against the Miami Heat, which was tough. Everybody tough. thought, wow, the Heat, Bam, yeah. Jimmy. Uh, my point is that no matter what happens, people are going to say, oh, well, this Bucks title has an asterisk because Lakers had injuries, Clippers had injuries, Nuggets had injuries, Nets had injuries. You're Every- allowed to say that if you're a Laker fan and you don't count your championship when Isaiah Thomas rolled his ankle. If you want to play that game, <laughs> right? Nice. We can we can play no that asterisk game. on this. Sure. So I was at eighty eight for them. So yeah, so the eighty eight championship doesn't count if you're a Laker fan. If you want to play this, and all the way also yeah, last year the Lakers won zero road games in the playoffs. So we can play that that game all day long if you want yeah. to do it, Laker fans. Now I mean, part of winning a title is being the last team standing, which means Not adversity. Getting, You've got to overcome it, and you've got to be available. And if you were Lucky enough to have your team be healthy? That's a nod to your training staff. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ben Lyons in for Rich. We got Ryan Hollins coming up next. Ryan's always available, always available for a big bucket. Ryan Hollins going to check in, talk a little bit more NBA finals. Uh, Plus, want to return to this Verdugo stuff out in the Bronx. Talk some Dame Lillard. We got a lot going on on a Monday. It's Ben Lyons in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show.